Lindsay. I'm Austin. And I'm Joe from Pop X Cast. A podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. No one's slick as Zuby, no one's quick as Zuby, no one's head is as inflated as Zuby, for there's no man in town half as manly. Perfect, a pure planeswalker. You can ask any Spike, Johnny, or Timmy, and they'll tell you whose team they'd prefer to be on. Who plays Agra like Zuby? Who plays Combo like Zuby? Who's much more than the sum of his parts like Zuby? As a player, yes, I'm intimidating. My, what a guy that Zuby! Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. I really hope you like that opening number of Magic with Zuby. There may be more songs to come in the future. As you all know, I do love singing, and I do love musicals. I love musicals. My favorite musical is Cats, and probably my second favorite one has to be The Lion King. When I saw The Lion King on Broadway, holy shit, I love it. I cannot wait. For the new live-action Lion King movie, and I cannot wait to go see Lion King on Broadway again. Lion King on Broadway blows away the cartoon movie. It's something about it. The singing, the extra numbers, It's I love it all. Um, I, I've, I didn't grow up being a theater kid. Like, you know, I didn't go and join theater in high school or anything like that. Even though I did attempt to try for a few plays, but I always failed because I don't I guess I don't audition well, but I love musical theater. I love theater itself, and I don't know. There's something about musicals that just get to me, and my latest one has been Beauty and the Beast, and yeah, that has just been loving it, loving it, loving it. My God. All right, so before we begin, let's roll that clip of ads and shot to the heart, and you're too late. You give ads a bad name. Jazzy, what does the calculator say about the shipping costs? It's over $9! What? $9? There's no way that could be right! At LegitMTG.com, we don't charge shipping for any order over $2 or more. We're not like those other guys who make you spend an arm and a leg to get free shipping. Come on down to LegitMTG.com for all your magic needs and be sure to get that free shipping special. That's LegitMTG.com. Visit today. So your father's a nerd. Unfortunately, there's no player's guide to raising a family. But this podcast is meant to be a family's guide to nerdism. Join us, Alec and Zuby, as we go in-depth as to what it's like to raising a family of nerdlings and the adventures and hardships of fatherhood. We dive deep into our favorite nerd topics and talk to you about how it's related to raising a family. You can find So Your Father's a Nerd on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio.
Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt. Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh god, my house! Come hang out with the Wind Condition Podcast, where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. Whether you're competitive, casual, or just enjoy an intricate game that tests the fabric of your imagination, we want to talk to you. So check us out at the Wind Condition Podcast. Available on the MTG Cast Network and on MTGCast.com. All right, before we begin, let's get some intro stuff out of the way here. As we mentioned before, as we, I don't know why I say we, it's not like there's anyone else doing this fucking show except me. It's basically all me. Um, I'm sad to say that Corey Maples, my good buddy, and who actually produced the theme song for the shows, actually both theme songs, has moved away. He's up in North Carolina. By the time this comes out, he will be up in North Carolina. He's actually leaving Sunday night. And I'm sad about it. I I really am. He was a good buddy at work, or just a good friend. And I'm sad to see him go and sad to see him move. You know, we're going to keep in touch. I'm going to have him on the podcast again. And yeah, because I want him on my show. And it's my show. So yeah, there you go. But anyways, so some intro topics here. As I was talking about before the ad break, uh, musicals. And my latest obsession right now is the new Beauty and the Beast live action movie. Um, Just a little background. I never really cared about the cartoon as a kid. Not th- I, d- I remember watching it. I don't know if I saw it in theaters or we rented it on tape after the fact. But I know I saw it at some point. And I remember watching it, and I remember enjoying the movie, but I was never like, eh, you know, I was never that huge of a fan. Like, I, I liked it as a kid. I think um at the time, because shortly after Aladdin came out, and Aladdin just blew me away because fucking Robin Williams is the genie. I mean, how can you not love him? And, um, and then The Lion King, of course. I can still remember to this day seeing Lion King in theaters. That I that is my all-time favorite Disney movie. But uh, my wife and kids and I went and saw Beauty and the Beast opening weekend, the new one, and I was blown away, blown away at how good it really was. And I really didn't have that high expectations at all. I was not really like I wanted to see it mainly because my wife and kids were so excited about seeing it. So that got me excited to see it because, you know, seeing their faces, seeing them happy makes me happy, yada, yada, yada. And I have to say I was blown away by it and we just bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's very rare for us to buy Blu-rays at all. And but this warranted a Blu-ray buy. And once again, I was blown away by it. I love it. I love everything about it. It 
And I just watched the cartoon tonight too. And it blows away the cartoon. It, I feel like this is an improvement on the cartoon. Way better than the cartoon. It explains the love story. And also evolves the love story a lot more than the original cartoon did. So if you have not seen Beauty and the Beast. And you may be like. Oh well it's a Disney movie. And it's a love story. And it's lame and stupid. Can't help you there. It is a love story, and it is a Disney movie, but if you think it's lame, stop listening right now. Or, you know, you may have genuine feelings of why you think it's lame, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care, but I love it, okay? And it's about what I like here, okay? Not about anything else. It's about what I like and what I want to talk about. So, yeah, that's Beauty and the Beast there for you. And... As far as Magic the Gathering goes, I have not been playing any Magic lately. Uh, last week was no good. Past week. Yeah. Um, I just haven't been playing anything. It's If you saw my Twitter as to why I didn't have an episode last week, you kind of know why. And there's just a lot of other family stuff going on right now. And it's just... I mean, I'm trying trying to keep it together here and some days are easier than others and you just have to push on through to the other side push on through to the other side and it's you know it's just like what I've talked about when I've had my like really bad episodes of depression it's you know you look at REBT but just when you lose someone that's close to you there's really you just have to go through the grieving process and you know and it looks like I may lose another person that's very very close to me too and it's it's not easy it really isn't but yeah that's ma the main reason why I haven't been playing any magic but I think I mentioned this before in my last episode I don't fucking remember you know I don't even remember half half the shit what I record or talk about it's like as soon as I get it recorded and then I do the post-production type shit and then finalize it boom I completely forget what I even discussed or talked about I I honestly do have to go back and listen to my episodes just so in case someone sends me an email or a message and says oh hey you know when you talked about xyz this or that I'll be like I maybe I said that I don't know and also, I do like to listen to my own episodes for uh, sound issues, uh, try to better my speech, try to stop the ums, uhs, like, and ands, which is really fucking hard, by the way. You know, when you do a podcast and you are actively trying to better your speech for everybody and you're trying to not do the ums, uhs, likes, and ands, and you knows you don't realize you're doing it until you actually go back and listen to yourself. And it's really hard to stop because a lot of times I don't even realize I do it until I go back and listen to my latest episode. So yeah, that's a big reason why I listen to my, my own episodes is to listen to my voice, try to get better at talking, which usually fails and also try to listen for any sound issues, maybe stuff I can do better in post-production and Stuff like that. But as I said before, I don't know if I mentioned it in my other episodes, but I have been getting into Dungeons and Dragons 
and I've been having a hell of a time with it. I've been loving it. I've been I'm working on two campaigns right now. I mean, just slowly, slowly working on them. It's nothing too great. Um, I don't even want to spoil what the campaigns are until I've got more depth into them. One of them, I guess, just to give a little secret, one of them is going to be like a huge multi spanning story campaign that's going to go on for a very long time and the other one feels more of a short tight adventure campaign that i don't know it it feels like it'd be more fun in the short term but my other campaign feels like it's going to be more grandiose if that makes sense which yeah maybe um but i've also been playing the starter set with my wife and kids and we actually had a game the other night, uh, we're playing The Lost Minds of Fandelver, and we're halfway through uh, part two. Because part two has a crap ton of stuff to do compared to part one. And what is it? Uh, Zoe is a human fighter. Jazzy is a halfling thief. Elizabeth is a half-elf wizard, I think it is. Or just a... No, high-elf wizard. And since... I'm, I'm the DM, but I'm also playing a character at the same time, but my character makes no decisions. It will tell them nothing. It's basically there to be a heel bot. It is the dwarf cleric that comes with the starter set. And we've been having a really fun time doing it, but I've also been playing another game online on discord with some people that I met online. And we had a pretty fun first, first session the other week. And, um, there goes the and and ums. But it, it was a lot of fun. I'm playing a half-elf cleric named Cassifus. And uh, geez, let me pull up the character sheet here. He is, I know basically he his parents died when he was young. And a priest took him into the church. He worships the god Zivlin, which is from Jag- Dragonlance. Pretty much all my characters are going to worship gods from Dragonlance. Because I love Dragonlance. And hold on, let me pull up my character sheet. Mike, I got some badass fucking roles on my character too, and these weren't you know made up roles or whatever. I did the, I did the three d sixes, and I got super lucky. All my character stats are fourteen and fifteen, for all the ability scores. That that was just fucking insane. Um, yeah. So there's that. But um, yeah, a lot of my background for my character is he wants to prove himself worthy of his God's favor. And he owes his life to the priest who took him in when his parents died. And he's very snobbish, which is like me in real life. And he judges others harshly and himself even worse, which is also like me, if you know me. So still a level one cleric. Um. Like, like I said, it's it's been a pretty fun game so far. We've got a half-elf cleric, a half-elf fighter. Uh, shoot, let me look in the Discord and see what else we got. I know there's like a human ranger, a, a drow elf rogue, and a tiefling bard who's already gotten lost. Yeah, is there anyone else I'm missing? No, half-elf fighter, half-elf cleric, human ranger... Drow Rogue and Tifling Bard. Yeah. So we have a nice little team going on there. Um, unfortunately, I'm the only real spellcaster. I mean, I know bards can spellcast too, but when it comes to traditional magic, clerics are the more traditional magic users compared to bards. Excuse me. I'm not going to edit that shit out. I'll do what I want. But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that. 
and just D and D in general has just been a breath of fresh air. Uh, it's just, it's really helped me take my mind off stuff, especially what's been going on with me personally. And it's almost feeling like an outlet of creativity right now, which sometimes magic doesn't always give you. It doesn't always give you an outlet for your creativity. This podcast definitely helps with my outlet of creativity. No question about that. But, you know, when you're playing the game of magic, it's more strategic than anything. It's very analytical. It uses your, what is that considered? The right side of the brain? Or the left side of the brain, whichever the the analytical and analytical side of the brain is, the right side, the more strategic part of the brain. Whereas D and D feels like it uses more of your creative side and the left side of the brain that I think is creative. Yeah, I think that's how it works, right? I don't fucking remember, man. Whatever. People are gonna be listening if anyone's even fucking listening by now, and be like, "What the fuck is going on here? This is bad." But you know what? Life goes on. We get through it. The first topic I want to discuss, and I'm still really not sure how I feel about it, because I know I mentioned in my previous episode, I know I talked about this for sure, that there weren't going to be any bands in standard. And and I know I had that one episode where it was like, Wizards, we need to talk. The past two years of bullshit that we as players had to put up with in terms of what the fuck is going on with Standard. So, June 13th, 2017, they announce another banner restricted list. And if you follow Magic, you already know what I'm going to be saying here. So, Aetherworks Marvel was banned. Aetherworks Marvel was one of the decks that allowed for free stuff to come out. Uh, You pay six energy, look at the top six cards of your library, and you get to cast one of them for free. And you put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And so a lot of people just built decks. Teamer Aetherworks was the most popular one. Built decks to get Ulamog out super quick. You know. I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, I get it. Aetherworks Marvel was quote-unquote oppressive. Just because it had a large share in the meta doesn't mean it wasn't unbeatable. As I explained before in my last podcast, yes, it, it can beat you by turn four, but it is not unbeatable, folks. You can destroy Aetherworks Marvel. But no, now we don't even get to we don't get to see what standard is like for the next what Kaladesh rotates out next September, I guess. And we don't even we don't even get to fucking play it. We don't. So whatever. Doesn't matter. It's gone. It's it just fucking surprises it actually no it shouldn't fucking surprise me because it's just I I don't know anymore about wizards it's I I want to try really hard to appreciate their choices for standard but sometimes they make it super super hard to do so where there's been so many bannings lately um I don't know. I don't even know if I feel like talking about this, but yeah, the works Marvel is banned and standards going to change again. Who the fuck knows what's going to be on the top of the format at this point? I really don't care. I'm, I'm to the point where I'm sick and tired of talking about 
some stupid deck. You, you know, there's going to be some other stupid standard deck that becomes quote unquote oppressive and people are going to be up in arms and be like, well, when's it going to get banned? Because they're fucking too goddamn lazy to deal with it and not want to. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm just tired of it. So, I mean, the only other fucking thing to talk about here is they're not going to do a, another banner restrict announcement till after Pro Tour Hour of Devastation, which is, yep, okay, cool. So, yeah, we, another standard banning. Whoop-de-fucking-do, Wizards, you fail at your fucking jobs again. God, I hope you feel good about yourselves. So there is another cool piece of news, and that is the Metamorphosis 2.0 article. I am actually really excited about this from a limited point of view. There was one thing that I did not like when they went to a two-block format, is the drafting, whenever the smaller set came out, completely changed. It went from two of the small set to one of the large set, which, I mean, I can't even think of when it even made, made it an improvement. Maybe Oath when Oath came out. Um, I know I definitely did not care for Eldritch Moondraft as much as I did for Triple Shadows. Triple Shadows was a lot of fun. I didn't do a lot of Kaladesh Limited because I didn't really care for Kaladesh at all as far as a limited standpoint goes. And uh, I, I Cat, Triple Cat has been fun uh, so far. I've only drafted it like four or five times and I, I've enjoyed it. But what they're going to be doing here, which is cool, is they're only going to be making large sets. And those large sets are going to be drafted by themselves. So let's just say, oh, wait, the name of the first large set is Dominaria. And say the next large set after that is Dominaria is destroyed part two or something. And... I don't know, but you're, but you'd be drafting Dominaria is destroyed by itself. You wouldn't be drafting it with Dominaria, Dominaria is destroyed plus Dominaria. So that'll be cool. And they are bringing core sets back too, which is fantastic. We need those back ASAP, ASLAP. So we're getting our first core set next summer, which is, I'm guessing going to be called magic 2019. I don't know if they're going to go back with you know how they had M15 in Origins and they're going to keep doing that. So we'll see. So like I said, I really like the block change where it's just going to be large sets. Good. Because sometimes when a small set has come out in the past, it's not always that great. And it's also kind of fucking boring. I'm looking at you, Theros. I'm looking at you, Return to Ravnica. Kind of looking at you, Innistrad. Uh, was Avacyn Restored a large set or was that... I don't fucking remember. But yeah, yeah, some some of those sets just aren't that great. No, they're not. Really not. But um so that'll be cool. They also mentioned they're going to be taking a different approach to the Gatewatch. They're going to be pulling them back. Yada yada yada. Don't care about that masterpiece series will revert to being in a fewer sets, which is good and bad. Um the bad of it that I've heard is it'll raise prices of cards again for sets that don't have masterpieces. Yeah, whatever. Um but yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what else to say more about that, and that they're and then they announced that they're doing some play design team, which sounds cool on its on the front cover of it or in the title, the cover, 
whatever. I'm really bad at metaphors and similes and all that shit. And who knows? I mean, hopefully it brings some good and hopefully these people on the play design team are competent enough to, you know, find a turn for infinite combo, but we just have to wait and see. We know how much, you know, wizards has won the past two years. So let's have to wait and see. So the metamorphosis 2.0 changes are pretty exciting for me at least. And I kind of can't wait for a lot of the new blocks. It's, it's going to be pretty cool. That's for show. And now it's time for Zuby's rant. Hey everyone, Zuby here, and I am back with another Zuby rant. Today, we're going to be talking about jobs and job interviews and resumes and that whole process. If you have seen my personal Twitter at Zubatron, Z-U-B-A-T-R-O-N, you will have seen me rant and rant and rant about resumes and people coming in for job interviews. All right, maybe it is a lost art that has not been taught to people throughout high school and college and even from their parents. And maybe just even some common decency. All right, so let's talk about the resume process here. When you are applying for a job, especially in a professional atmosphere and a professional career, you never, ever, ever want to have your resume have just every single job you've ever had. You, especially if it's for a specific position, you want to tailor your resume for that position. So me being an IT, let's talk about IT for a second here. All right. So I have a job opening for a regular help desk analyst or, or help desk support level one. And, you know, you have, you know, three IT jobs and then you have two jobs where you're a bartender somewhere. I'm sorry, I don't care about your bartender experience. Take it off there. Um, let's also talk about how there is a lot of unneeded information on resumes as well. Do not, for whatever reason, put a blog in your resume talking about how much you love computers. I don't care. I don't care that you know, you were always attracted to computers and love the way they sound at night with the fan breezing through the air and the hum of the PSU, the, the power supply unit, making that everlasting hope of humanity or whatever, whatever the hell it may be. All right, I don't care. I'm going to trash your resume. And don't make your resume five to ten pages long. Uh, yes, I have had those. There there are a few times where I actually will honestly go through a resume, um, you know, really comb through it, is when we're looking for a highly specialized position. When it comes to the lower positions that I'm looking for, like, you know, a help desk level one or a level two, you know, I'm going to skim through it. And if you seem competent, I'm going to give you a call. When it comes to a highly specialized position like a, a network infrastructure engineer or a systems infrastructure engineer, I'm going to comb the hell out of your resume. And as picky as it may be, when I see a ton of spelling mistakes, I'm going to have less respect for you 
and most likely have a bigger chance of trashing your resume. Not only should you have no spelling mistakes, because you're probably writing it in some sort of word processor program, even if you don't have Microsoft Word, you, there are there is OpenOffice and LibreOffice. There's some sort of program, even if you're doing in Google Documents, there's something out there that can tell you, hey, you're spelling that completely fucking wrong. I'm going to trash your resume if I see a crap ton of spelling errors. It tells me that you're lazy, and I don't need lazy people to work with work for me, okay? So that's a little rant about resumes. Um, I've got a lot more to say about that, but that could be a whole podcast and a half. I mean, th- this is not just a short little rant. So let's talk about interviews, or actually, let's talk about phone interviews. You know what kills you on a phone interview? When you don't shut up. Now... It's going to be expected that when you're on a phone interview, you're going to have to talk and you're going to have to talk about yourself and why you're qualified for the position. But there is knowing when you're talking too much or when you're talking about too much information that the person on the other end will get bored, especially when they're having to do phone interviews all day. Just think about that for a second. When you are on a phone interview, most likely you are not the first person that the you are not the first person the interviewer has talked to today. So they're going to want to hear about you and if you're a, you sound like you're a good fit, but you don't want to talk yourself out of the position. That has happened to me many times. Someone has started off really solid and then you try it, you know, you're almost about to wrap up and then they go into a 5-10 minute long diatribe about how great they are or whatever and I'm just like, "Okay, you've killed it for me. You're done." I don't want to talk to you anymore. And then there's also the people where you clearly know they're lying or completely bullshitting. And you're just like, nope, done. All right, out of here. Get off my phone. Those are those are the fun ones too. Some of the worst ones though are the ones who don't say anything. You try to get something out of them. They just give you really short and terse answers. Just like, um, you know, you're the one wanting this job and I'm giving you the courtesy of calling you and you don't want to say anything to me. Get off my phone. You're pissing me off now. So, yeah, is there anything else with phone interviews? Um, Don't suck. Don't talk too long. And, yeah. Oh, and, God, I've... Just recently, I had someone on on an interview, phone interview, and we're trying to wrap up the call, you know, trying, and he he was not going to be brought in for a face-to-face at all. He was completely terrible, but we do the courtesy of, you know, saying, hey, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. That's a dagger for us. If we say that, if I say that to you, we'll be in touch, you're, you're done. You're done. I'm not going to call you back. Um, even though I have said we'll be in touch to some people and we do do actually bring them back. So it's kind of it's kind of a, you know, misleading there. But but anyways, so we had this one guy just last week um, we, you know, fin- wrapping up the interview. I was saying something like, oh, hey, you know, yeah, you know, we'll be in we'll be in touch. You know, we'll get back with you, blah, 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 whatever it was. And the guy all of a sudden out of nowhere like, says, I like to travel. I don't mind traveling. You know, if if I got to go somewhere, I'll go somewhere. And it's just like, and I was silent for a few seconds. Like, what? Wait, what? Uh Uh-huh. What? Huh? I was not even talking about traveling at all. I was talking, I don't even remember what I was saying, but it was just so out of the blue. 
And the guy just kept saying, like, yeah, I don't mind traveling. I like traveling, you know, going from site to site and going around the around the area if I have to. And just, yeah, it was bad. So don't randomly blurt out things that have nothing to do with what the other person is talking about either. Unless it's something, unless you go on the fact of, oh, hey, I forgot to mention, you know, I do X, Y, Z as well, too. That is fine, you know, but yeah. That's bad. So when it comes to face-to-face interviews, oh my gosh, I've got so many stories and I don't have enough time. But just a really quick rundown. Dress up for an interview. Not You don't have to go the full tie and suit unless the type of job you're going for is a full tie, you know, tie and suit type job. You know, wear a really nice button-down shirt, you know, some slacks, some khakis, uh, nice dress shoes. That just shows that you care about your appearance. Yes, it is very dumb. It is a stupid little ritual, and I still kind of hate it sometimes, but it does show that you care and that you want to put on a good impression because people do care about that. And honestly, after being on the other side of interviews, we're interviewing all these people, it does show that you care and you can put more attention into detail. All right, so some of the things you don't do in a face-to-face interview don't curse. That is number fucking one. Don't curse in an interview. Because if you do, out the door. All right. And I mean, we literally had someone come in. This was only a few weeks ago. Come in and just start cursing up a storm. Just being like, yeah, you know, there was a bunch of bullshit. At my shit this, damn this, fuck that. And all that. And it's just like, whoa. Okay. Wow. Why? I, I don't care about you now. Um, don't talk really bad about your previous employer. That's number two right there. And it's, I feel like it's okay to say, hey, you know, I'm not happy with my my current job or, or I wasn't happy with my previous job, so I left, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Don't be like, yeah, I fucking hated it at my last job. My boss was a real dick and couldn't stand them and all that stuff. It's like, it's pretty much going to tell me, oh, so we're going to have problems with you too. Um, don't wear clothes that are dirty or moldy. And I emphasize moldy because we've had someone come in and I swear it looks like straight up mold on their shirt. And it was just, wow. Um, wow. I I was afraid I was going to get sick going near him. Don't show up to an interview high or drunk or under the influence of anything. You're going to have a bad time if you do that you're most likely going to be turned away immediately. And yes, it's sad that I have to say that, but we have had that happen. Now, there is a difference if you come in and you're under the influence of medication because something just happened, you know. If that does happen, don't be afraid to tell the interviewer saying, hey, you know, I I just had something happen and I have to take this medication, so I'm sorry if XYZ is happening, you know. That not only would give, that would show the interviewer or tell the interview, hey, you know, something's wrong. So if you're acting a little weird, you know, you can sort of discount that. But it also makes me respect you a lot more because you had sort of the balls to show up and you're under the influence, you know, with some medication, some painkiller, something like that. That is pretty, you know, that's like, okay, cool. This person is not afraid to, you know disclose that information 
you know, I mean, you don't have to technically in an interview, you don't have to disclose anything like that because it is on the grounds of discrimination where if you don't get chosen, you could almost have some sort of discrimination cases. As far as I understand when it comes to interviewing people and you don't hire them, um, that is only in the U.S. I don't know how it is outside of the U.S. Um, other things not to do in a face-to-face interview. Um, God, what else? I, I, I have so many. Um, don't beg for the job. We have had people literally coming to me and begging me for the job. And I mean begging where... Not, not that they're on their hands or knees, but begging where the point it's, you know, they're almost crying that they want the job because, look, I get it. You're desperate for a job. You just got laid off. You know, you haven't had work in six months to a year. I get it. I feel bad. You know, it's, I, I thought, you know, interviewing people, you have to be completely stoic and not really care about other people's feelings and you know, that's not always true. You do feel bad for these people, especially ones that are desperate for a job. But if you're begging for a job and one, first of all, you're not even that good or that qualified, you know, I'm sorry to break it to you. You're done. I've had people beg me for jobs and they were not qualified at all. And it is sad. It's hard to not feel bad, but you know, in the end, if let, let's just give an example, if I were to hire that person who begged for the job, not only would I be doing them a disservice because they aren't qualified, but also be doing the company I work for a disservice because I'm wasting all that money for them and they would it would then reflect upon myself. So I get it. Don't beg for a job. You need to exude confidence but not arrogance. And that, that is a fine line of exuding confidence and arrogance. It's one that's pretty hard to juggle. Um, another thing to do is, yeah, as far as the begging, don't tell sob stories really, you know, I honestly don't care. Look, look, I get you. I feel bad that you lost a job or, you know, someone close to you passed away. I get it. I understand. It's tough, it's rough, but I honestly don't care. I'm here to interview you for a potential job, but I don't want to hear about, you know, some sad thing that happened. I, I just don't care. It's not, it's not part of the process here. Oh, what are some other things? Um, oh God. Um, geez, I know, I know there's more. I'm trying to think here. I, I mean, I have so many stories of bad interviews here. It's, I could go on and on and on about this. Uh, all right. Don't put a computer processor on your head and tell me it's the brain. I'm just gonna basically want to throw you out the door and yeah. Um, oh, don't put your feet up on the table in an interview. That's just extremely rude, and it shows that you don't care. Who does that? And you're probably saying to yourself, well, who would do that in an interview? It's happened. Trust me. It's happened. Um, yeah. So I think that is all for this kind of mini rant, even though this rant went on a lot longer than I thought. Um, that is sort of my rant about job interviews and for what I've been through. I'm really tempted to start writing a book about how to fail an interview and with all my adventures of interviewing people. And I, I do got to say, like I mentioned before earlier, I thought it would be all fun and games interviewing people. 
But after a while, you really get sick of it because there are just some really bad people out there. And by bad, I mean very unqualified people out there. And yeah, it sucks that they don't have a job or they're trying to get a better job. But yeah, there's there's just terrible people out there that, I mean, I don't know. It's something that just happens. So yeah, there is the second installment of Zuby Rants, and hope you enjoyed it. And this has been a Zuby Rant. You know, a lot of the big news lately in the Magic the Gathering community has been these leaks for the Ixlaxen, Ixalan, however the hell you say it. For, I guess, apparently someone from a printing company got a hold of the printing sheet for all the rares and mythics. I think there were some mythics there. I only remember seeing some rares. And the whole community's in a hubbub about, oh, how terrible these leaks are. And should content creators even be talking about them and spreading them? And I've seen people being shamed on Twitter for even talking about it. And I just have to say, to begin with, that's all ridiculous. And for anybody that's shaming someone else for spreading the leaks, shame on you for shaming the shamers. Because one, this does not affect you in any way. It affects wizards of the coast more so than you. They're the ones who need to be worrying about it. They are the ones who need to be getting the lockdown on this. The fact that this this keeps happening tells you a lot about Wizards of the Coast. Now, with that said, for just basically this whole hubbub about whether we should be talking about it, should there be some sort of moral high ground that content creators need to be, you know, upholding, fuck all that shit. You know, if there's news to be talking about, then we talk about it. Uh, the There's a guy on Twitter, I mean, I don't even give two shits about him, uh, James Chilcott, and I, I don't really care for the guy at all. And there was someone on Twitter talking about, oh, blah, 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 you shouldn't be leaking it. And he actually says um, says something to the effect of a moral stand. This is a leaked gaming product, not the name of an abused minor. No one cries morals on iPhone or video game leaks. Boom. Right there. Case closed. Shut it down stop shaming and this is what gets so frustrating being a part of this quote-unquote magic the gathering community it's the fact that people take such moral high grounds that there have been some content creators they'll talk about the commander 2017 leaks but oh no all these ixalan leaks come out and we we suddenly can't talk about it we have to have a moral high ground about it fuck all that shit all you are is just hypocrites hypocrites and wishy-washy and it's frustrating and I'm not going to be naming names here because that's pathetic and just uh, yeah it's just frustrating altogether so the fact that I'm talking about it you know am I taking some moral high ground to no fuck that it's this is a card game folks all right if you're having such a big issue with these leaks i want your life okay i want your life to where this is one of the biggest issues for you 
and it's maybe it's because I'm older and a, a lot of the magic community that I see online is maybe in their 20s, mid 20s and god they yeah, I'm I'm not going to go any further into that because it's just going to get derogatory. And I don't need to go there. I'm trying to not take myself there, but sometimes people make it very very hard because it feels like a lot of people don't live in the real world. And yeah, okay. So anyways, um, so like I said, the, the leaks happened. There's going to be more leaks down the road. It's going to happen again. And like I said, there's no moral high ground to stand on with this crap. Yeah, you cannot talk about the leaks. Great. Awesome. Woohoo. But they're out there, you know. And think about the amount of people that have actually seen the leaks online and the amount of people who actually don't visit any kind of Magic the Gathering websites or Twitter or anything like that and are still going to be surprised by all the cards that come out in Ixlaxon. There's going to be a lot of people still surprised. So when Spoiler Week does come, you know... People are still going to be surprised when the cards officially release. People are still going to be surprised with what they see. So, I, yeah, the the only people I feel bad for about these leaks is Wizards because they are the ones who have definitely fucked up somewhere along the line. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully they find the people responsible for it. And, you know what, if they don't, oh, well. Not my problem because I'm the consumer. I'm the customer. It's not my problem if there's leaks or not. So, yeah. So, there were some cool cards that were leaked and I want to discuss a few of them here. Now, granted, before I go into talking about these cards, we honestly have no idea if these are real. Let me just start off with that. It is very possible these are real because they have done a very good job of them looking very real. So the first card in the leaks is called Sorceress Spyglass. And it reads, it is a two colorless uh, artifact. As Sorceress Spyglass enters the battlefield, look in opponent's hand, then choose any card name. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. So that is a... Sort of like a upgraded slash downgraded pith pithing needle, which is going to be really cool. And sadly, now that Aetherworks Marvel is banned, we're never going to be able to see if this would have had any effect on the meta. Um, another one that looks cool is Arcane Adaptation, which is two colorless and a blue enchantment. As Arcane Adaptation enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control are the chosen type in addition to their other types. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. So that would almost be cool in Sliver's EDH. You know, typically when you're playing a Sliver deck in EDH, every single creature you have is a Sliver, except for maybe the Amoibid Changeling... God, I'm completely messing that up. So this card would actually allow you to, you know, play some other cards that aren't slivers to be able to get some different effects, which, I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but just even reading that, that kind of is cool. It's exciting. Um, you know, same goes for other tribal decks, goblins and dragons and bears. Oh, my. 
Um, another cool one is Vanquisher's Banner for five colorless artifact. As Vanquisher's Banner enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. Whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, draw a card. So it's like Coat of Arms, but it doesn't give plus one, plus one for each other creature you control. But I do like the fact that when you cast that spell of the chosen type, draw a card. That is going to be a staple for tribal decks in EDH for sure. Faux sure. Now, there are some other cards on the sheets, but they're kind of hard to read. And I'm not even going to bother trying to read some of them because I'm blind. But it is cool to see that the lands are actually reprints of the check lands. The Sun Petal Grove, Dragon Skull Summit, uh, Drowned Catacomb, um, Rootbound Crag, or Crag. I should say, and there's one more. I'm forgetting the name of it. But that is cool. So if you definitely have those on hand already, uh, you are good as far as Ixlaxing comes because now you don't have to worry about buying lands. So that's always good whenever they reprint rare lands like that. And as far as anything else, um, I mean, I see a picture of a Planeswalker. I can't really tell who it is. Maybe it's Vraska. Um... Yeah, it, it that's pretty much it from the cards that I can discern here. But I'm excited to see more. Um, these leaks don't really deter me from being, you know, surprised when they when they do officially come out. So, yeah. But anyways, I think that is all we have for today's episode. Uh, you can reach me at mtgzubi at gmail .com or on Twitter at magicwithzubi or on Facebook at facebook.com slash magicwazubi. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and podcastradionetwork.net, and uh, gunageek.com on the Gunageek Network. And I think that is about all I have. So if you enjoyed the episode, definitely let me know, and send me an email, or send me a tweet, or whatever. And if you didn't like it, then yeah, let me know, and tell me why. Um, all right, everybody, have a good one. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston, looking so down in the dumps. Every guy here'd love to be you, Gaston, even when taking your lumps. There's no man in town as admired as you You're everyone's favorite guy Everyone's awed and inspired by you And it's not very hard to see why No one slick as Gaston No one's quick as Gaston No one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston For there's no man in town is manly Perfect, a pure paragon You can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley And they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on Who plays Gosh, like Gaston Who breaks Gosh, like Gaston Who's much more than the sum of his parts like Gaston As a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating I needed encouragement, thank you, LeFou. Well, there's no one as easy to bolster as you.
too much? Yep. No! Of the field, say a prayer. First, I carefully aim for the liver, then I shoot from behind. Is that fair? I don't care. No one hits like a stone, matches weights like a stone. In a spitting match, nobody spits like a stone. I'm especially good at expectorating. And eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a boy. Just occurred to me that I'm illiterate and I've never actually had to spell it out loud.